Welcome to Cast and Wax. My name is Jordan D. White. I am very pleased to be here today, along with my three, count them yes, three co-hosts. Uh, as always, we do have Mr. Frank Allen here. Hello. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, it's good to be here. That's it? No, you don't want to go into a spiel about you're a reporter? And- no, no, no. I think it's fine. Everybody knows. Good. I, I, w- I agree. I agree. Uh, also, Mr. Rory Sinjin is here. Yes, yes I am, and I would like, if I may, to go into a bit of a spiel about how I am an extra historian. Now, of course, you're going to go into your spiel, you're going to try to, you know, advertise yourself and all that. Well, I didn't see any problem with it. You know, yes, I was going to say that I could give extra historical readings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is something wrong, Frank? Are you have a problem? No, 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 it's just, let's get on with it. All right, all right, and, uh, well, the point is, yes, my third co-host officially welcoming back onto the podcast since his recent exit in disgrace no not in disgrace is my little cat my little gray bundle of joy cat scape white i i wasn't disgrace i'm i don't know why frank i keep saying i was disgrace because i wasn't disgrace i was good but oh it's going to be back is is truth because when i was not on the podcast Nah, not as good, so... Well, Scape, you know, you were not on the podcast because you were a big old douchebag. No, 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 no. I was not on the podcast because everybody else wanted to be in charge of the podcast. No, I didn't want to be in charge of the podcast. That was the whole thing. I, I, I was just living my life. I had to be in charge of the podcast because everybody was so sick of you being in charge of the podcast. Well, listen, if you don't want to be in charge of the podcast, I would take it back over. no. No, because I, I listened to those shows, and they were terrible. No, Dad. They were good. Don't say mean things. No, I wasn't trying to, but all right, forget it. Let's just move on. Uh, Gosh, the only thing is I don't know what to move on to. Um, Obviously, for a long time, we did a segment called Apple Watch. Which is now obsolete. Yeah, in which we don't really need to do. And and then we did a segment called How Good Escapee. Oh, you guys kept doing that. That's really sweet. Well, no, we. I mean, we were... We were making fun. Ah. But, I mean, now that you're here, I don't think that would be as good. And so I don't even know what, what we should do. Uh, well, actually, if I may be so bold. Uh, please, go ahead. Well, I was, I was actually considering this exact dilemma earlier today. And I, I did have a thought. The floor is yours. Well, one thing I thought we might be able to do is we've done the show, as you said, Watch, which was about Frank Allen. And we've done How Good Escapey about Escapey. And so I thought perhaps a segment regarding, you know, me and my contribution to the show. Oh, great. But I was thinking we could do a segment, an, a, an additional extra history segment, perhaps called, you know, Extra History Now. We already have an extra history segment. It's called This Day in History. And where are they now in history? We have two then. No, no, but this could be different. Um, this could be different because in this, we could, we could actually have one of you or a, a, a reader send in a problem that they have, and then I could actually do a bit of extra history directly on that problem, you see. Okay, I, I don't really, I don't think I get it. Well, b- because you do, you know, 
extra history as well as all that. Um, but if we do this section, I think you'll, you'll understand it a little better. All right, well. Oh, you know what that means. Let me pick up my old ukulele and scapey. Um, welcome back. Guess what time it is. What time? If we're going to do extra history now, we got to get a little theme song for it. Oh, yeah. Okay, Dad. I will sing it, and you play ukulele. Okay, here. Come come over here so you can... Okay, I'll come over to you. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. It's time for extra history now, yeah. Extra history now, yeah. What's going on in another universe? Thank you very much, KB. It is time for extra history now. Rory, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Now, the way I envision this work is that, as I said, someone presents the problem that they have in their life, and I will utilize my skills as an extra historical researcher to investigate this topic to, to well, it depends on, on the, the problem at hand. So, I'm going to need a volunteer here from one of you folks. Me! I, I am... I am me! Alright, no, that's fine. That's fine. Now, escape it. What is a problem that you have in your life? Oh, that that's easy. Okay. Um, I, I used to be in charge of a, of a podcast. Yes, this podcast. No, well, listen, maybe not. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep it anonymous. But we all know it's you, so... No, just, just respect the anim... 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 animal. All right, yes. You used to be in charge of a podcast. Right. And now I'm not... That's it. That's the problem. Oh, okay, yes. Um, all right. Well, fortunately, I have seen into another universe, and I've seen how other possible ways this event could have played out. There is a world, all right, in which you remained in charge of that podcast. But in the course of running the podcast, what you had done was you were replacing everyone involved in the podcast with robots. So eventually all of your co-hosts were replaced by robots. And then when your mother caught wise, you replaced her with a robot. And then, when people would come to the door looking for them, you would replace them with robots. And more people, and more people, until the entire world had been replaced by robots. At that point, you were the only life form left on the planet. And you were still doing your podcast, very happy, of course. But then the robots realized, why do we listen to this one cat? Because the podcast was really good. No, no, I didn't mean why do we, why do we listen to his podcast. I mean, why do we obey this one cat. Because they're programmed. Yes, but at this point, they, they start evolving beyond their programming, is what I'm saying. And so what happened was, uh, they turned on you, and they replaced you with a robot. So that at that point, you were no longer doing a podcast. It was really a robot of you doing a podcast that other robots were listening to. In fact, there were no people left at all. Well, but it, but it was still Scapey was in charge of the podcast? Well, yes. He was saying he's scapy, but, but he was a robot scapy, so he was like, I would like some moist food, but then he wouldn't even eat it because he was a robot, you see? Well, but I, but I would eat it. Yes, but you weren't there. No, you were replaced by a robot, is what I'm saying. You, you, scapy, were replaced by a robot. But I was still in charge. I was actually in charge of the whole world at this point. You were until you were replaced by a robot. Do you not understand? You were no longer in charge. Well, but is the robot's personality based on me? Well, yes, but it, but it wasn't you. You are you. The robot is someone else. Wow. No, no, not Will. It definitely... Look, all right. Um, actually, I'm sorry. Uh, there is a world where you were running the podcast, and uh, Frank Allen got so mad he punched you in the face. Oh. And then he took over the podcast. Oh, that's terrible. No, it's not terrible. You deserved it. And I didn't do it, but you deserved it if 
I did do it, and I would be better at running a podcast. No, no, Frank Allen, no, Larry, that's a terrible word. Why are you telling me about that? Well, no, the point is that the world that you're in now, you're back on the podcast. You are, you know, not injured. You haven't been replaced by a robot. So really, this world is not as bad as all that. Considering that there are other worlds where things are worse. Well, the one where I was the king of the world. No, no, there was a robot was the king of the world. He just did it in your name. It was a lie. Oh. Well, look, I'm so, but what I, what, but, but what I could do is become king of the world, and then I would go, and I would have programmed secret kill switch in our robots that if they come after me, it activates kill switch, so they just freeze. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, then uh, I suppose that's possible, but, but as I said, the robots evolved so that they couldn't be kill switched anymore. No. Because I, fi- I, I, I made them so they couldn't. No, you couldn't do that. This is It, it was a random spark of evolution. Look, the point is, you can't do that. But I could. I would say, you guys can't attack me. Anyway, why would... I don't even understand why they would want to attack me if I was running the world. Probably because you're humiliating them on a regular basis. Oh, I wouldn't. How about that? I've seen no evidence to support that theory. Yeah, that's not very likely. All right, so... Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Rory? Yes? Where are we going with this? What's... Well, where we were going with this was that... I mean, I kind of reached the conclusion where those worlds are not as good as this world. This world is a, a better world. And then he argued with me, so it didn't really pay off as well as I'd like. So you're done, is what you're saying? Yeah, uh, yes, right. No, but but I would want to say, if, if anyone would like me to address one of their problems, please write in to me at castandwax at gmail.com, and I will give you an extra historical now reading. Sure, sure. Okay, uh, well, we do have uh, quite a show lined up for everybody today. Up first is an episode of Guard Duty, uh, which I, I do want to mention. I know that uh, on the last episode of Guard Duty that everybody heard, there was a vote to see who was going to be on the Earth Guard, but you don't actually find out who's going to be on the Earth Guard. I guess it's a silent vote. So uh, I, I, I want to say I'm sorry, but I'm not really sorry, so I won't. Uh, I thought that was funny. I thought that was a really funny way to do it. Uh, but in this next episode, you do find out who was voted onto the Earth Guard because uh, one of them is on Guard Duty. So let's listen to it. The Earth Guard, the planet's most powerful heroes united in the common goal of protecting the innocent people of planet Earth and defending them from threats of all kinds. From the Guard Tower, their base of operations, they watch over the citizens and spring into action at any sign of danger. To that end, the Guard takes shifts monitoring events all over the globe. Sooner or later, they all have to take a shift of Guard Duty. This week, the Stallion and the Golden Eel in Golden Rules. So I thought if only there was some sort of organization that could work simultaneously both to act against larger threats to the innocent people of planet Earth and to protect the interests of those heroes who put themselves at risk as part of the team. And that's when I started the Earth Guard. I see. Before that, I had to spend so much time and effort avoiding being labeled a vigilante, convincing the public that I was a hero, and even fighting with the police, or sneaking past them into crime scenes. This was time and effort that should have been spent on fighting actual crime. Mm-hmm. But the Guard gives its members respect. And, oh wait, here it is. Sound up. Monitor 2, brain frame. I am in need of repairs. Just ignore Don't that. You see where 
Security EarthGuard announced the results of their recruitment drive in a press conference overseen by EarthGuard Press Secretary Mr. Fahrenheit. Ladies and gentlemen, it is with great pleasure that I, Mr. Fahrenheit, EarthGuard Press Secretary, announce the two newest members of the EarthGuard. May I present to you the Golden Eel and Bumblebee! Golden Eel has been active as a hero in Hawaii for the past five years, popularly known as the only hero defending the 50th state. During the recruitment, there were rumors of her having a falling out with the Guard, but today the heroines seem pleased to have been chosen. The Earth Guard is a respected organization, and one of which I am proud to be a member. I look forward to doing good on a scale I couldn't do on my own. I know the Guard has gotten a bit of bad press recently, but I think it's important to remember all the good they've done, and all the good they are capable of. Bumblebee, on the other hand, has been fighting crime in the New York City area for the last year or so, and previously enjoyed much less of a level of fame, being one of many heroes protecting the metropolis. She too was thrilled to have made the cut. This is the most exciting day of my life! I've wanted to be in the Earth Guard since I was a little girl! This is absolutely a dream come true! I'd like to thank the Guard, each and every member, for allowing me in- I'm so excited! Guard has said they'll be working the two heroines into the guard duty rotation immediately and expect Sound to have them down. fighting crime. You see that? In the guard for one minute and already making us look good. Now what was I just saying? You were talking about the respect the guard offers its members, and I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Oh? I fight crime because it's the right thing to do. I protect the entire state of Hawaii. The whole state. Yes, it's a small state, but I'm the only one protecting it, which means I have to be very serious about what I do. More than a million people over 10,000 square miles depend on me. Of course. I understand completely. I'm not sure you do. There are a number of members of the Earth Guard, not just the wretched Mr. Fahrenheit, who treat the Earth Guard like it's some kind of social club. Well, I wouldn't call it a social club, but to some extent the Guard is a place where heroes can be among heroes. Yes, being on guard duty brings responsibilities, but there's a social component as well. We can discuss our experiences with someone else who understands them. That's why there are two people on guard duty at one time. One person could monitor a bunch of TVs or wait for the brain frame to spot something. However, having two people allows guard duty to also serve as a release to connect with others in a similar situation. I assumed it was just to keep people from falling asleep. That's another reason. I, for one, don't feel the need to connect. I'm here to do a job, a job I couldn't do alone. I'm here to help guard the entire planet against global-scale threats, not to make buddies. I've got a state to look after. I'd rather pay attention to that than chat and gossip with my super friends, especially considering most of them don't seem to take this job seriously. Hang on, what do you mean? The guard are professionals? Hardly. They're far more interested in their personal lives than in the actual guard work. Ocean Man died protecting the people. Fole was killed stopping the creationist. The Jack wouldn't stop fighting even though he knew it would get him kicked off the team. Three good examples of people who were serious about their jobs, all of whom are notably not guard members anymore. Most of those that remain don't know the meaning of sacrifice. They're all self-interest. Can you honestly tell me that Dr. Fast would answer a call from the guard if it meant completely ruining one of his experiments? I... Exactly. Regardless of all that, we still get the job done. When the call goes out, the guard responds. But the guard should not be successful in spite of itself. It should be streamlined and made into the best evil-stopping organization on the face of the planet. It is the best on the planet. Then it should be better. It could be better. For example, why not have people actually doing work on behalf of the guard during their shifts on guard duty? What do you mean? 
have actual work assigned to them during their shifts. That way, when broadband is on duty, instead of watching TV, he could actually get the brain frame fixed. But they have to actually monitor the brain frame. They shouldn't be doing other things that would distract them that completely. But like you said, there are two of them. They could trade off monitoring and getting work done. They could keep up with our police reports so they're not always late. They could do routine checks on confirmed Class A-powered felons on our watch lists. We do all those things, just not on guard duty. Those things get done. But they get done sporadically. Back in my cave in Honolulu, I have a setup similar to this, and I can get all these things done myself. One person. You know how? By being systematic. I have a system in place to keep tabs on known threats within the islands, and I keep a rigid schedule of checkups. When I finish a mission, it doesn't matter if I'm tired or if I want to talk about my experiences. The first thing I do is write up a report. And when was the last time Hawaii was successfully attacked by a supervillain? It's easier for one person. Easier for one? Yes, because you can do everything your way, and you don't have to rely on other people. It makes it easier to get things done. With additional people comes some level of bureaucracy that complicates things. Well, if you had people you could rely on. I trust each and every member of the Guard with my life. If I didn't, they wouldn't be here. Sure, your life. But would you trust them with running the team? Even just on paper, not in the field. Would you trust them to get the finance papers in? Hell, would you trust them with your taxes? Bob. Broadband. I would trust Broadband. One. Excellent. So we've got you, running the Guard, doing most of the work of keeping us going yourself. We've got Broadband, who you would trust with the Guard, apparently, but who can't keep one computer working. We've got me, who keeps an entire state safe herself, and who is willing to work just as hard for this team. And what do the rest of the members do for the Guard? Just show up? Is that really enough? They do the actual fighting crime part. But is that enough? If they really care about the Guard, if they care about the organization itself, shouldn't they be working for it? They're more than happy to reap the benefits afforded them by the team. But what do they give back, other than fighting crime, which they should be doing anyway? That's not how we work. No, it's not. And that's the problem. Why should you shoulder the entire weight of the Guard while they all get fat off your work? There was all that hubbub about Binary Girl's identity being exposed. You know what they'd find if my identity was exposed? Nothing. Nothing worth reporting. You know why? Because this, the Golden Eel, this is my life. And I bet it's the same for you, isn't it? Well, yes. For the most part, Chuck Cavallo doesn't really get out much. Exactly, because the stallion is the real you. Doing your job is what you really care about. Do you think any other member of the Guard puts the Guard before themselves? Honestly? (sighs) No... Probably not. I didn't think so. Think of it this way. If the Earth Guard was a company, you'd be the CEO. The other members of the Guard would be your employees. They should be working for you. They should do the things you tell them to do. Instead, here, doesn't it seem like you're working for them? You do the heavy lifting, they reap the benefits? Does that seem right? Well, no. I guess it doesn't. Of course. Imagine how much better the Guard could be if you could ask members to get something done and count on them actually to do it. I might have time to breathe. Exactly. Instead of worrying about their personal missions, their celebrity, or their love lives. Hello, everyone. Hey, Goldie. I'm here to relieve you. You can head on back to the beach and work on your tan. Man, I wish I could go for some beach time. Not really beach weather in New York right now, you know? Maybe I could swing by your place sometime to visit, huh? We'll see. But don't call me Goldie. Eel, please. But eels are so gross, don't you think, Stallion? They always kind of creeped me out. Of course, bees are kind of freaky too, but at least bumblebees are cute and fuzzy. But I've always liked horses. I used to ride stallions back in Kansas in my spare time. You ever ride a stallion, Eel? I'm leaving. Think about what I said, Stallion. I will. What did she mean by that? she making you any inappropriate offers? Not exactly, no. More of a serious offer. Good. I wouldn't want to have competition. Now I think I promised you. No, Bumblebee, we're on guard duty. This is a serious job. Oh, 
Oh, okay. That that feels really nice. Told you so. You're going to be so happy you chose me. I guarantee it. Jordan D. White, with Michael D. Mikulski as the narrator, Rich Bellin as the stallion, Elijah Weberhan as Mr. Fahrenheit, Guinevere Eckert as the Golden Eel, Guinevere Eckert as Bumblebee, and Frank Allen as the newscaster, with theme song by Michael D. Mikulski. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. So, as you see, uh, the Golden Eel and Bumblebee made it onto the Earth Guard, leaving poor, poor Dr. Rock and Birthday Boy and uh, even the All-Seeing Argus not on the Earth Guard. For now. I mean, you never know when they might have an opportunity to come back onto the Guard. Uh, the point is, hopefully everybody enjoyed that. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. Good, good. Up next, we have uh, another Rory Sinjin section of the show. It's called Where Are They Now in History? Rory, do you want to say something about it? Well, no, I mean, I, I would say I, I was considering also doing the 4th of July, uh, since it was a holiday and all, but in the end I decided it would be too confusing. And as, as it turns out, we also did Extra History Now, so there's already a lot of Rory Sinjin content on the show. Right, 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 right. So, so you just did today, which is the, the 6th, correct? Yes, yes. Well, let's listen to it. Hello and welcome to This Day in History. My name is Rory Sinjin and this is WHRW Binghamton. On July 6th, 1944, in Hartford, Connecticut, a fire breaks out under the big top of the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, killing 167 people and injuring 682. Two-thirds of those who perished were children. The cause of the fire was unknown, but it spread at incredible speed, racing up the canvas of the circus tent. <laughs> Boy, it's funny that we can fit 300 clowns in this one car. <laughs> Real bubbles. I'm the sad clown. <laughs> hey, why don't you guys pass some of that that weed there you got back in there? <laughs> Here you go. I can't stop <laughs> laughing like you guys. This. You guys, you guys want to know something sad? What? I thought I'd get you all in the car to tell you this while we were driving. Go ahead. <laughs> Our insurance was declined. What? Who cares? Let's keep driving. <laughs> it's Blam! <laughs> Our, our medical bills won't be covered now. Oh, no. I am a sad clown, too, now. And he was an even sadder clown after the destruction of his beloved circus. Don't be like those clowns. Make sure that when you're driving, your car is insured. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But enough clowning around. My name's Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And you're probably wondering what the fate of that sad clown was. Well, as he said, his medical bills were not covered. He ended up going completely bankrupt and what's more, the circus manager found out that it was his fault that the entire circus burned down. Rather than expose him to the authorities, however, the circus manager blackmailed him, forcing the clown to work for a pittance and then give him that pittance. The clown was desperate, he was destitute, and so he came up with a cunning plan. 
there. He cut the brakes of the circus manager's car. The circus manager went driving one day and was unable to stop his car. The car hit a million other cars, exploded a thousand times into giant fireballs, and killed everyone present, of course, except for the circus manager. Now, because the circus manager's car was insured, and because he had really great insurance, it was all covered, and no one was upset in the slightest. They replaced all of the things that blew up, they replaced all of the people who had died, and the world was a happy place. All you have to do is make sure that you are insured when you're driving your car. If you're not insured, children die. Isn't that enough of a message? I think it is. My name's Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Okay, now I definitely have a problem with this because you're telling people that we can replace uh, uh, dead people with car insurance, and we can't. The fact is, car insurance does not mean you can drive recklessly. It doesn't mean that you I knew, I knew. I understand all that. Well, you didn't put it in your public service announcement, so I don't know why you're saying you understand all that. I'm sure everybody... Look, I'm sure everyone already knows that. I'm not sure. Look, you are saying irresponsible things. No, 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 no. Fine. Look, in that universe that we were addressing right there, with those crowns in it and all, that universe has much better insurance policies than we do, where they can, in fact, bring back the dead. In our universe, no, it's it's not the case. So, look... You know, whether or not you're insured, don't get into car accidents. Right. Yes. Good. Thank you. But I, I, re- I really don't think anybody was going to get into a car accident on purpose. Well, you never know. So, Seascape, nothing really changes. You still got Rory and, and Frank yelling at each other. Same as always. Yeah, they, they would do that sometimes on my show. It was kind of funny because they would call each other names and I would be like, ha ha. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard. No, I remember. It was good. It was a good start. Well, it's better stuff when it's not you. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, what's next? Oh, Frank Allen. We've got your section of the show? Yeah, that we do. And it's uh, it's an episode about chocolate versus vanilla. Um, and it does feature someone close to the podcast, uh, Mr. Thomas Alva Edison. Oh, that's right. Yes, I do remember that he was going to be on this. I'm looking very much forward to it. I hope that he wins this debate, of course, as he is, you know, soon to be a relative of mine. Right, soon to be. Uh, when is it again? Is it... It's this month, right? No, no, no. It's it's actually next month. It's uh, August fifteenth. They're getting married. Right, right. August August fifteenth. Well, I do look forward to that. That's going to be a very exciting trip. I've never really been to England, so uh, I look forward to it. Well, it, it'll, be, it'll be a pleasure to be there, you know, for your first visit. But uh, yes, anyway, go, you know, team. Hello and welcome to Debatatorium 2007. It's an exciting, exciting day for us today because this is the start of round two of the debate tournament, which means we have two debaters, both of whom won their previous debates and are moving ever closer to the title of Debatator. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry, uh, Debateator of the Year. <coughs> well, hold on, hold on. Now, we do have a hot-button issue to debate tonight, as always, and we're going to solve it once and for all, as we did on every show so far. Uh, this one, we have... Let me introduce our two debaters. Actually, uh, debate. I'm sorry, our three debaters Thank because uh, debaters number one are two. Please introduce yourselves. Well, um, I was under the impression that I was Guildenstern, but now he tells me that I'm Guildenkrantz. I think you are Guildenkrantz. No, I think uh, one of you is Rosenkrantz. Are you sure? And Guildenstern is the other one. I Do you know which one? Familiar. You have to introduce yourselves. Well, um, apparently we're Guildenstern and Rosenkrantz. Do you know which one we are? Does anybody have a coin to flip? I well, I well. I do, but could you could you flip it? Or no, I'll call I, it in the air. I, I'm going to flip it in a little bit. But well, first, could you flip it so we know which one we are? Well, one of you's one, and the other's the other. Yeah, I know that doesn't help us. All right, well, no, it. but we're talking about the fact that you're an expert. Are you come with heads? You know. So which of you is um whoever calls heads? Okay. The point is, uh, you you guys are 
experts of some sort? You have some oh, experience? Oh, oh, oh yes. Okay. We have, we, as we said last time, we have a verifiable letter said, stating our expertise in all fields. You have it? I thought you had it. Okay. <sighs> didn't, didn't we get this after the, the last debate? Okay. I thought you were getting it. I, oh, all right. All right. It's all right. We actually have uh, debater number two who is- Signed by the King of Denmark, you know. Debater number two and second to none, Mr. Allen. Who is an actual expert. Yes. Please introduce yourself. Well, I don't like to brag, so I'll simply be honest. I am inventor, time traveler, wizard, and honorary Green Lantern, Thomas Alvedison. Ah, now is this a new development? You're a Green Lantern. Oh, yes, it happened after the last debate and before this one. Interesting. What happened to the current Green Lantern? Was he? Oh, terrible accident. Oh, sorry about that. All right, well. It's all right, it benefits me. Oh, I guess, I guess you like that then. Well, do, the point you, do you know who we are? Yes. Rosencrantz and Gildenstern. Yes, but which one is which? which? One? Let's get to the issue at hand. That's not the issue at hand. The issue at hand in round two. Now, if you remember last season of the show, round two tends to be the, while it is still hot button issues, more lighthearted hot button issues. However, this one is a quite a serious one. Uh, we're going to conquer once and for all the debate of uh, chocolate or vanilla. And Rosencrantz and Gildenstern, as we all know, believe that chocolate is better, while Thomas Edison is a vanilla man. It's true. So, uh, Rosencrantz and Gildenstern, why don't you tell us, start by telling us why chocolate is superior flavor. Well, chocolate is uh, far more processed in the, and refined in its flavor. I mean, the, uh, the sheer number of refinements that any chocolate company has to go through to produce chocolate is uh, outstanding in, uh, in number and in the quality of the material it produces. And it's so rich and it melts in your tongue and it's, oh, it melts it, in your tongue. It melts on your tongue. It melts in your mouth. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still fixed on who I am. Um, but it is so rich and it's tasty, and you can use it in almost anything. You can use it to bake brownies. You can use it as chocolate chips. You can use it to make cookies. You can use it in candy, and in ice cream. And even better, I mean, chocolate can stand on its own, but vanilla. I mean, you never go out and buy vanilla bars of vanilla on strawberries. No, you do put vanilla on strawberries, don't you? Oh no, but you can put you can put chocolate on strawberries. No, and you can put you can put vanilla chocolate on strawberries. But then you're arguing vanilla chocolate. People can mix people mix vanilla with chocolate. Contrasensical. <laughs> Thomas Edison, please clarify. Look. I'm not sure what sort of ambiguous, identity-void, chocolate-vanilla world my opponents live in. But here in reality, or as I like to call it, Edison, we do things a little differently. Did you invent reality? No, I patented it. Oh, what patent number? One. Oh. The problems with chocolate are numerous, and so I will only enumerate the most notable ones. Chocolate is produced, by and large, in countries that are less good than America. God's country. For instance, Costa Rica, a tiny banana republic. Ghana. A republic that does not even have bananas. Yeah, you don't make chocolate out of bananas. It's true. This only raises other questions. For instance, where are they getting all of this chocolate? Are demons involved? I think I can safely say yes. Safely? As in they won't hurt you, the demons? Well, of course not. Oh. How could they? I'm Thomas Edison. Now, as to vanilla. Yes. God's flavor. Oh. You know, I was having high tea with God last week. I'm sorry, God? Yes. Okay. He owes me a solid. All right. We have tea sometimes and play cribbage. Who wins? Me. Wow. Well, yes. Which of us invented cribbage? But I thought he knew everything. Yes. Okay. And he was saying to me, you know, Tom, he and he alone is allowed to call me Tom. Oh. Tom, I've often thought that vanilla is far superior to chocolate. And I said, you're right, God, because he's God. You said that because he's God? Well, in part. The other reason, of course, is that vanilla is inherently superior. He is, after all, all-knowing. 
Okay. Well, that okay. That seems but, pretty definitive. If it's no, good enough for God, it's certainly good enough for Thomas Alva Edison with mild improvements. But you've only given reasons why you dislike chocolate. You've given no reasons for vanilla. What, the testimony of the Supreme Creator isn't enough for you? To quote the great book of the Rabbi, um, Rabbi oh, Levin, uh, wherein he tells God, Who are you to tell us what to do? I take that approach to this. Ah, I see. So you're quoting a rabbi. Yes. Interesting. Yes. I could also quote the great Iman Omar. You could. I could. Um, who are these but, people? Well, let's... let's I've, I've been looking for our identity, Wait a man. minute. But, but see, all the problems inherent in his argument are all very, very simple. Okay, then explain them. Well, this America he speaks of. I have read about this America because I'm not sure if I believe in it or not. And my suspicions were confirmed when I learned that it was a colony of England. Yes. And God. England, as we all know, is a conspiracy of cartographers and doesn't actually it's exist. It's true. Well, we haven't actually decided that on this show. But you, you, it's uh, so obvious. It is a conspiracy of cartographers. Uh, this is, this is very troubling. It doesn't seem so obvious to people No, but who... is America a forefront of this conspiracy? Why aren't you to. discussing this issue on Debatatorium? Listen, listen, I well, can't actually hear the words coming out of your mouth because my gibberish hat is on and it's filtering out all the gibberish that you're spouting. What's the patent number on that? Five. <laughs> Wow. But, well, idiotic conversation was slipped in at number three, so something had to be done. Well, we are in America right now. I mean, the yes, show is... all the time. Yeah. So, wait, you patented idiotic conversation? No, no, no. Suddenly things Somebody are a whole else. lot clearer. No, no, wait. no. Listen, we're, t we're telling you that right now, you, sir, and you, sir, are in America right now. You're part of the conspiracy, too? Apparently, Listen. you asked it, too. Because... No, no, but you see, we're not saying that America doesn't exist. We're saying Britain doesn't exist. We're saying that Britain, agents of this conspiracy, came to America to found a country to formulate their beliefs in this conspiracy. What Whatever beliefs they are fomenting with this conspiracy, which we are not quite sure of just okay. yet. Well, speaking of chocolate and vanilla, we have an expert who wants to say something about this. Ah, uh, si. Okay, please. I am Vicente Valdez. Who? I'm sorry? I am Vicente Valdez. Vicente Valdez. Si. Okay. I thank you for putting me on this program. Yeah. I am the lead uh, strawberry farmer of Mexico. Strawberry farmer, okay. Si. And I have to say yeah. that the chocolate has been an instrument of tyranny and of colonization of the Mexican people for many years. Uh -oh. I say that the chocolate was taken from the Mexican people over to England and it was used to sell back to us at a high profit so that we have to pay for our own chocolate. And then when we try to farm the fresas, the strawberries, they sell back to us the chocolate. We cannot sell the strawberries. I have no living. All the more reason why this conspiracy is evil. The English, it's a it's a, way, it's a conspiracy of the world to take away the Mexican people from their own money. Exactly. 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 Preach you, it, brother. Wait, did, wait, did you say oh. they're taking the people away from their money? This is what they are doing. They take away us from our money. Our money is there. We can go get it. But this is the chocolate. We see, you give it away to the money and then they sell it to us and we have no money left. Mr. But, oh, Mr. Edison wanted to say. So, Mr. Valdez, is it? See, si, Senor Edison. That's a good name. I'll have to invent it in the past. Now, Mr. Valdez, si. if I understand right, chocolate is an enormous problem <laughs> it's for enormous you and your problem. people. See, si, because I have a strawberry I cannot sell because the people eat a chocolate ice cream. Hmm, that seems like quite a problem. I could propose a solution, Mr. Valdez. The vanilla is no better. No, 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 no vanilla. Vanilla is bad. The vanilla is bad. The chocolate people, is bad. No, I cannot sell people, the strawberry. Tell people to dip their strawberries into chocolate. It's very tasty. But all the more reason, I will point Dios this out. Dios mio. You have an idea I sell. Yes. Now I got I like it as a chocolate now. I sell a chocolate and I sell the strawberry. You
You put the strawberry in the chocolate. I separate the people from their money. The money is left for me. Exactly. Now, I'll point this out. Your 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 argument is exactly why this conspiracy is evil. It's no conspiracy. No, the, no, no. The conspiracy of cartographers in England. No, no. We're they, not look, debating yes, cartography. No, look, no. They're, bringing, they're bringing stuff away from Mexico to rich in God's country of vanilla in America. All the more reason why... The vanilla, the God's country, is evil, Look, and the chocolate no, is good. America's listen, not evil. Listen, Stephen. I'm going to start calling you Stephen because you can't tell what your name is. You are also Stephen. <laughs> no, Look, I'm confused. Silence, Stevens. No. Wait, wait, wait. It seems... Stephen? <laughs> Which what? one of his... I think he's talking to you. Okay. It's clear okay. that the introduction of chocolate has turned Mr. Valdez from an honest farmer into a ruthless plutocrat. I have no need to be honest. I can sell chocolate. Yeah, see? Ruthle I get the money this way. I get plutocrat. more pesos. I sell the chocolate and I sell the strawberry. I have no need more for vanilla. I sell the chocolate. No more vanilla. Hold on. Hold on. I, oh, thought, I see. I thought so, you like making money though too, Mr. Edison, right? I know make the money. I separate the people from the money's already there. No, I mean Mr. Edison. Well, yes. I like making money. It's the activity of, well, all worthy people who are Thomas Edison. Mr. Valdez is clearly overstepping his boundaries here. Oh, the boundaries oh, of Mexico are sacred. May I, also, may I also mention that you have no more need for vanilla, but what you really have no more need for is virtue, you soulless heathen. Oh. I have no need for soul when I can sell to the Mexican people. We have the chocolate from here. I have no virtue. I have no soul, but I have chocolate. I have money. I have strawberry. All I right. have life. All right. All right. Mr. Mr. Valdez, I hope that that goes well for you. Nice one. Enjoy damnation. Will well. go well for me. Of course. Okay. I Sell the chocolate strawberry. All right. Happy all right, burning. All right. But what I'm saying is, we have another expert who wants to comment on this, please. Will he know our actual names? Well, apparently your name is Steven. I, hope so. I think that time he was talking to me. Please, uh, expert. Hello, children. I am Valerie the Vanilla Bean. You may recognize me from my educational video, Valerie the Vanilla Bean. Uh, hi. I thought I'm, you looked familiar. I'm actually not a child. Well, my video is designed for children, and I'm programmed to treat you as. As such. Uh, you're a Wh program. Wh where, where was your video made? In America, of course. Where in America? I don't know. It's a video and right, well, I'm a cartoon. Let's let her now let's let her comment. You wanted to say something about this debate. Chocolate versus vanilla. If you buy my educational video for $9.95, you'll hear lots of arguments for why vanilla is so much better than chocolate. But one of which, the most potent of which, is that Americans are addicted to chocolate and they cannot stop eating it and they get all fat and gooey. But a little bit Vanilla goes a long way. Ask any cook. It's a delicacy. You use a pinch and your meal is perfect. Wow. Thank you, Valerie. That's amazing. How do, Now, how do you counter, counter that there, Rosen? Well, Steven. I mean, Rosen Steven? I'm just going to Who's answer the Rosen question. Steven? I'm going to answer the question. I'm not going to think about what my name is. Please, please. Okay. Vanilla, see, her argument has just proven that vanilla is nothing more than a flavor. Chocolate is the whole package. You get the sugar. You get everything in there. It's a whole, it's practically a meal. Well, just because vanilla is not a meal on its own doesn't mean it's not better. I mean, people always say it's like comparing apples and oranges, but well, one of them is better. Compare apples and oranges? One well, is citric. Well, the other one isn't. Well, don't, yes. don't go into that. That's going to be another show, but... Well, <laughs> Shouldn't you, well, then, shouldn't you go for which one has more to offer? I mean, vanilla can only amplify something else, but chocolate can stand on its own and be glorious. Well, how about this? What if you added chocolate, no, what if you added vanilla to chocolate? 
Would that make the chocolate better? It might cancel it out. It would make it worth eating. So it would would it make it better? I mean, what do you gentlemen think? It depends on how it's used. I think. If you added the flavor of vanilla to chocolate, well, then it would only be you'd only you'd only be enhancing the chocolate. So it'd be it'd be bringing out all those extra flavors in the chocolate. It wouldn't be bringing anything because it was vanilla. Well, that does seem to imply then, if it's better, that something is made better by vanilla. Well, no, it's made better by bringing out the extra flavors inherent in the chocolate. Listen, listen. Let me see what I'm hearing. Vanilla works well with others. It is a team player that loves to cooperate and achieve benefits for the whole. Am I right, Valerie? Well, I sure like working with the children. It's true. Now, chocolate, on the other hand, is a dangerous renegade, striking out alone, working at the peril of others. Turning Americans into poor, addicted fools. And enslaving Mexicans. Even worse. It's worse to enslave the Mexican people as freedom we have when we sell it capitalismo. I no go to the United States is sold my job. I sell a job of myself. I sell chocolate to the people. They've go, gone away. They eat the chocolate, the strawberry. I have the money. They leave it behind. Okay, okay. Are you for... Are you for impoverishing third world countries, Valerie? Do you not want third world countries to be able to sell their chocolate? But he's going to take and the money. Course, he's he's not going to. It's not going to. And he's going to keep it in Mexico. I keep the chocolate in this foods in the mouth in the belly of the Mexican people. It's where the chocolate came from. It grew in Mexico. In it's s- no longer taken to Europe. The chocolate is here in Mexico. They didn't know. They didn't ourselves. take it. to... No, you've got to get it right. They didn't take it to Europe. They took it to England, which doesn't exist. Okay, well, fellas, I don't know much about countries outside of. America, because I'm a cartoon and I was made in America. But I would like to correct a misconception y'all were talking about, which is that vanilla can be eaten as a meal. You just eat a very, very tiny bit of it. So, for instance, if you were stranded on a desert island with just vanilla, it would last a lot longer for you than if you were stranded with just chocolate, which you'd pig out on, no doubt. Haha, <laughs> eat it, Stephen. No, no, actually, Stephen. actually don't, don't you couldn't, because all you would have was vanilla extract, which is a liquid that can only do something to something else. You can eat chocolate, and it is it can constitute a well-balanced meal if you are stranded on a desert island. Well, now, now, Stephen, that's a very common mistake that lots of people make. But I am actually a vanilla bean, and you can, in fact, split the vanilla bean and eat directly what is inside. Why did you tell me that? It was that uh, other Stephen. Oh, look. <laughs> Did you want to say something or no? Okay. Then in that case, we do I, have... I, that, that lunacy does not need to be answered. We do have one other, one final expert who does want to wait, talk wait, before uh, we... So long, kids, and healthy eat. Valerie? Oh, goodbye. Doodles. Wait, could I ask you one last question before you go? Oh, oh yes. Actually, could I split you down the center and eat what's inside? Well, of course not, honey. I'm a cartoon. Actually, wait. I do have a closing question to ask that expert as well. Where does uh, vanilla originate? In America, like everything wonderful does. I do Too not, true. I'm not sure Except that... Except profit! Aren't vanilla beans harvested in third world countries as well? The best kind of third world countries. Harvested, perhaps, but not originated. There is only one best third world country. Which one? Mexico, of course. is where I live. Okay. Yes, so there's undoubtedly vanilla farms there. So vanilla is doing the same thing, oppressing third world countries. Time for our final expert uh, who may or may not shed light on that subject. Let's see. (laughs) Chocolate bad! Oh, I'm sorry. Who's this? Who's this? Smash Frank Allen! No, no. Who's this? (laughs) Hulk? (laughs) 
<laughs> this Frankenberry. Oh, Frankenberry. Hi. Ah, uh, my old nemesis. Count Jocula, son of Transylvanian Jackal! Son of a Transylvanian. So you don't like chocolate? No! Or presumably booberry. Smash booberry! Or or uh, well, whatever the mummy one was. It was fruity. I don't remember what it was called. It actually wasn't bad. But but there's no vanilla cereal. The point is, listen, do you like vanilla? Is that what you're saying? Or no? Mm, Valerie Vanilla. Mm, hump like Igor. Igor has a hump, yes. Mm, yes. Okay. Throw down well. Mm. You threw Igor. I don't know what you're talking about. You Okay. Uh, chocolate or vanilla? Vanilla, good. Chocolate, bad. I don't think there's a... How can you argue with that? It's simple and incredibly true. Smash chocolate, eat vanilla. Vanilla Why? go good with berries. Mm. Why don't you like chocolate? Count Chocula, son of Transylvanian Jackal, I think he said. Yeah, were you not listening, Stephen? I, know, and also I, heard, Stephen? I, heard, I heard we were. Oh, yeah. I Smash heard Stevens! Both! Both of us. Uh, <laughs> they're speechless. <laughs> no, no, no. We're, we're kind of, you know, we're, we're still trying to figure out which one of us he's talking about smashing first. Again. But, but why, why, why don't you like Count Chocula? Count Chocula, touch funny. Touch well, funny. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear. Yes, this makes sense. Chocolate, the flavor of child molesters. Oh, well done, okay. Stevens. So you're you're saying that because Count Chocula, because an advertising character of person made up by an advertising firm. Does that do, no, does that mean that I will I will use this Valerie the Vanilla Bean who talked. With an accent, must therefore spend time touching cows in her spare time because no. she talks with what? an accent. Very Your top good. supporter, a vanilla bean, the source of all vanilla, is obviously into bestiality what? and thus unfit for eating. By your own logic, good day, sir. You lose. Goodbye. You, you just you just made that up. Yeah, you didn't. No, no that, that, I didn't. It's uh, it yes, is using but, his impeccable logic. Hey, what, she never said she touched this, cows. Yeah. Yes, but I'm, guess what? What's made up too? Count Chocula and Valerie the Vanilla Bean. No, we talked to her. Yes, she has a voice actress. We're, and she touches cows. You What's just are making that up. What does yes, she have to do with cows? How do we know cows? this expert isn't making that up about him? I mean, are what you court not case Valerie, is? Valerie, good. Play violin, throw down well. You threw her down a well? Throw down well with accent. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, no, don't cry. Don't cry. They're Frank. there, monstrosity. <laughs> don't cry, Frankenberry. Don't cry. I'm confused. We can, we can, we can I get think- you some milk. I think you're Stephen. Uh, am right. I? I thought you were Stephen. Rosencrantz, Guildenstern, please. Who? You what? Guys. Oh, us? Yes. Which one's which? Um, it doesn't matter, but... I thought we were Stephen. Whoever of you is taller, please... Um, um I think it's Stephen. Please... No, uh, I thought it was Stephen. You have to begin your, your closing argument. We are getting towards the end. Tell us, sum up, if you can, all the things we've learned. Why is chocolate better? Do you want to take this? Or? Um, yeah, I guess I will, Steve. Um, Thanks, Steve. No problem. The problem with vanilla is that it can only work with something else. It cannot stand on its own as anything of real value except for a flavor to be added to other foods. She said you could split it open and eat what's inside. Yes, a vanilla bean. How nutritious is that? A plain vanilla bean. I mean, how nutritious... Well, it's probably better for you than a chocolate bar. Not necessarily. I mean, sugars are necessary for your metabolism. In the right amounts, I mean, anything is bad in too too large quantities. Chocolate, you you get all those extra nutrients. Like what? And I'll I'll point out, have you ever ever eaten vanilla extract pure it's kind of bad it doesn't taste very good mr addison yes they're saying vanilla doesn't even taste good as an extract mixed with other stuff it's sort of okay. yeah mixed with other stuff it can only work when it's being complemented by, but by itself it's not very good yes yes i see what you're saying i've been wrong too in the past no you have yes about your whole supporting vanilla thing we know Psh- 
as if. Now, let, let's let's think about this for a minute here. Okay. Supporters of chocolate, plutocrats, sexual deviants, third world dictators, foreigners, supporters of vanilla, lovable cartoon characters, Thomas Alva Edison, God. No, to be fair, we didn't hear from him. That's secondhand God. As if there has ever been firsthand God. Didn't you claim to talk to God firsthand? Yes. I so have how- firsthand experience of God. No, but the you rest s- of you- You just said that there I- was no firsthand experience listen, of listen, God. Listen, listen, Stephen. That's a debate I think for he's talking time. to you again. Me? Listen, both Stevens, very both. closely. Sometimes people aren't Thomas Alva Edison, so they don't have access to the kind of firsthand God experience that Thomas Alva Edison does. So you're going to have to trust me when I say God loves vanilla, and if God loves vanilla and Thomas Alva Edison loves vanilla, you should love vanilla. All right. All right. Now I've heard both of your arguments, and uh, it's something to really think about very awfully hard. Let's see. I'm picturing the taste of chocolate in my head, and I'm picturing the taste of vanilla, and chocolate's got it. Chocolate is better than vanilla, and that's all I can say. Excellent. Now that I've engineered this defeat, what? I can set them up for later destruction. I'm sorry, you're, you, you lost on purpose? Of course. Why? God, so that I don't need to be on this show anymore, so I can go back to my career as a pop sensation. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say maybe you'll be back as a wild card, but... It's entirely possible. All right. It depends on whether or not he goes back in time and patents wild cards. Yeah. Uh, Enjoy your brief victory and inevitable destruction, guys. Congratulations. I think we're dead anyway. Congratulations, Rosencrantz. Congratulations, Guildenstern. I thought so. Wait, who? Rosencrantz, Guildenstern. Who? What? You I thought we were Steven Steven. No, that was a trick. Your victory is hollow. Wait, what? I'm Look, confused. I'm, I'm confused again. But I have good news. Regardless of your names, you will be going on to the third round. That much closer to being debateators of the year, I suppose. But what will our names be there? Hopefully Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. But which one will be which? Please find out by next time. But, but how are we supposed to know? I don't know. Oh. Sadly, that's not something we covered in this debate show, but now that we know chocolate is better. Hopefully everyone at home can rest easily and we will see you next time. My name is Frank Allen. Good night. That episode of Debatatorium featured the voice talents of Frank Allen, Charles Berman, Robert Glass, Patrick Ganan, Michael Meckman, Lynn Nelson, Daniel Schwartz, and Jordan D. White. And, Frank Allen, I am very disappointed that you did not award the victory to Thomas Alva Edison. You know, it's very unfortunate. Or, but he said, he said he planned it, so I think he wanted it that way, he said. Well, yeah, yes, he did say that. So, all right, well, okay, well, then good. I suppose you made him lose properly, but I still would have instinctively made him win because he's so good at things. Then you would have gone against his plan. Ah, uh, or, mm, all right, well, perhaps I, I don't know when I would have done, but all I'm saying is, yes. Yeah, okay. Guys, it's time for Skype story now. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Did you hear last week's episode, Skype? No, why? It had a really good episode of, uh... Scapey stories. What? No, I wasn't even on. Oh, I know. Oh, I know that. Uh, it was, uh, someone filled in for you. What? Who did? Harry Wilson. Harry Wilson did it. It was Harry stories from a janitor in the dark. Why would you go janitor? That's not as good as Scapey. No, it was actually, it was really good. No, Frank, I know. No, it was good. Yeah, but it wasn't as good. Well, that remains to be seen. Well, let's, let's listen to this episode and we'll see. Of course, I, I was on that episode. Yeah, well, I don't need you. I've had you on a million. Yeah, well, that's true. Just can we give a session of my story now, please? Thank you. All right, yeah, let's get to it. This is Scapey Stories. Scapey Stories. I'm a cat in the dark. 
Hello and welcome to Scapey Stories from a Cat in the Dark. My name is Jordan D. White and I am introducing the show. This week on the show, uh, Scape is going to be telling his little story to my wife, Devin White, who is also, in a sense, his mother. He's a cat, obviously, adopted. Hey! But we're going to let him take over. So, uh, take it away, folks. Hi, Mom. Welcome to my show. Hi, Scapey. And how have you been? How is it being back on the show again? It's good. It's always good being on the show. Well, but did you learn anything from your time not on the show? Well, I learned more from my time on the show. No, I mean, you were being punished, though. Did you learn what you were supposed to learn from being punished? It sucks. No, you were a very naughty boy, Scapey. It does suck! It sucks that you're a very naughty little boy? Being punished sucks! Well, you shouldn't do things that deserve to be punished. Well, anyway, Mom, I think I have a story to tell. If it's okay. Do you think or are you sure? I'm sure. Oh, see, that's much more definite than just thinking you have a story. All right. Well, you want to hear a story or not? Is it any good? Well, you see. All right. Go ahead, little monkey. All right. This one is called The Man in the Bell by William McGinn. Uh, you know, when I was young, okay, uh, there was a lot of people would ring bells a lot more than they do now. Nowadays... It's, it's not a big deal. People don't really ring a lot of bells. But back then, oh man, we were like ringing bells. Yeah, you had a lot of cat toys that had little jingly bells on them. Because when you were just a tiny kitten, you used to love those so much. And so we'd play with these little jingly bell toys and you'd go jumping and running after them. But uh, you're not into them so much anymore. And we just sort of stopped getting them. So there, I guess there were a lot more bells when you were no, young. Ma- no, I'm not talking about jingle bells. Okay, I'm talking about when I was young, I lived near a cathedral and we were like I was part of a bell club and we were, what we did was we rang a lot of bells in the cathedral. We would be like, hey, we're going to ring a lot of bells, okay? <laughs> Sounds like fun. And there was a bunch of us, and we'd, we always ring the bell. And there was like another church somewhere, and they also rang bells, and so we would be like, we ring bells better than you do. And it was like competitive, and we'd be like, check out this bell. Ring, ring, check out this bell. Bong. Oh, yeah. Like that. You You had bell ringing competitions? Of ringing bells. Church bells. No, there wasn't, like, formal competitions, Mom, but we would ring bells and we would know that they were good or that the other person was good, too. Or we'd be like, we would hear the other bells and be like, that was good. We gotta make sure we're that good. And then we'd hear them later and we'd be like, oh, that's suck. We are awesome. Ringing the bell. Bell, bell. Ringing the bell. But they're just bells. They make that bell noise. How is one bell better than another bell? They're just bells. They're just, well, if you, you have to be in the bell culture to understand I think. But, trust me, we were good. But, though there came a day, okay, where there was an accident, and now I don't even like bells. Here's why, okay? So one day, okay, me and this other dude went in to ring the bells at noon, okay? I mean, what else did you do, like, with your lives? Did you have a day job, or did you just ring the bells all day? I mean, I I can't imagine the neighbors were very pleased about this whole 24-hour bell ringing situation. No, it wasn't 24 hours, because then you wouldn't ever stop ringing. It was, we had to stop ringing sometimes, too. Anyway, it was noon, okay, noon. And we were like, time to ring the bells for noon, for noon. Noon prayer time. 
or something. And so we did, and we pulled on it, and it was like, oh, hey, I think it sounds muffled. And we were like, oh, yeah, 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 it's muffled, because there was a funeral, and they were, we were like, oh, we have to make it sound mournful for the funeral, so there must have been something put on it to muffle, so that every other bang is muffled. Whatever you say, Munchkin. So the other guy was like, hey, Scapey. Go, uh, go take off the hat. And that's because sometimes you would use a hat to muffle. I mean, only if you really don't want a whole lot of use out of that hat ever again. I mean, if you really wanted a misshapen hat, just put it on a, on a bell and, and bang it around. Well, look, it was a hat. The point is, so I climbed up to the top, and I'm like, okay, gotta get this thing off. But it was, like, tied on real complicated, and I'm like, oh, man, come on. What the? Cutting, cutting, scratching, getting it off, taking a while. And while I was up there, the guy downstairs was like, he got like a message for like, hey, your girlfriend wants to kiss you, go away or something. And he was like, okay. But he left, and whoever brought the message was also part of the bell club. And they were like, oh, it's noon, time for noon prayer bells. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pour on the bell now. Wait, who? Who wanted to get kissed? No, that's the look. It's not. It doesn't matter. That was the guy. I mean, the the girlfriend. The, the point is, the guy who was here with me, who said go fix it, he left to go see his girlfriend. And the guy who brought him the message was like, "I'm going to ring the bell because it's bell time." So, but here's the thing: I was up top. So, do you remember? I was up top cutting the bell hat thing, and he's down below. Guess what? He's pulling the bell. Uh. Danger. So now both you and the hat are going to be smushed. Well, fortunately, I knew, I, I, I figured out what was happening. And I was like, oh no, he's pouring the bell. And so I, I jumped out of the way, threw myself to the ground of the bell room at the top. Oh, lucky you always land on your feet. No, I landed on my back, facing up the bell, and I could see it start to swing right over my face. Okay. That sounds very pit in the pendulum. Well, I don't, I don't know what that is, but it was about a bell and, and me. And the bell started to swing right over my face. And then, of course, uh, you know what happens is the bell rings. But when you come, I have to tell you, when you're real close to the bell, uh, it's like, it's like really loud. Oh man, it's a wonder you're not deaf and that we're sitting here having this conversation, especially with such big ears like you have. Veritable bat ears. I, it, it was. It was really loud. And here, so basically, here was the situation, okay? Bell swinging right in front of my face. Loudness, really, really loudness makes me think, oh my god, my ears are going to explode, okay? And uh, it's at the top of the tower, so like, the, the floor that I'm on is not really that strong. It's kind of like, oh man, it's just some like wood or something. So, I'm worried because if it breaks, I would fall like a million feet to die. So, I mean, I wreck a lot of problems. Well, good thing you're a cat and you'd land on your feet. So, I was, I'm just there watching it and I'm going to freak you out, okay? Because it's like, it's going to hit me. It's going to hit me. So, I would push at the floor and then I'm like, oh, the floor's going to break. Uh, I, then I pulled away from the floor and then it's like, oh, the bell's going to hit me. At the same time, you know, round, 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 like, imagine super round, okay? And at first, I was just freaking out, thinking of all the real things that could happen. Like I said, falling, crushing, deadness. And then, it was just getting so round that I started getting afraid of, like, oh, the barrel kind of looks like a demon. And 
and like a creature with a, with a vast maw. First of all, did you just say vast maw? And second of all, the loudness made you go insane. Is this what you're saying? Yeah, well, yeah. I started freaking out. I was like, it's like a giant ego. It's going to grab me. A giant ego? Don't you already have one of those? Bird! A giant flying bird! Oh, so but then you could eat it. Giant! Scapey, you claim that you could beat up a horse and a shark. Horse? It's easy. Shark is not real. Eagle, giant bird. And look, it's it's just a, this bear was like freaking me out so hard. So I, and I felt like I was, I was like, oh man, I'm I'm in a boat in the middle of a hurricane because winds are are hitting me from bow, and it's like it's rocking in a hurricane. And so then, uh, like, I saw the devil appear with, like, horns and hoofs, and he was like, hey, dude, if you, without God, I will save you from the bow. And he was right there, and I was like, I was like, wait, no, that's, no, forget it, because it's not true, and no. You tell that bell demon. It wasn't a demon, it was a devil, but it wasn't really the devil either, it was a... It was like I, I was imagining, but I was like, go away. I'm not going to do that. So good. No, good. No. Is that kind of like good night and no at the same time? Good. No. I, I, look, at that point, I became I, like my mind returned to me. I became reasonable and I was like, hey, I'm freaking out. I got to be careful to not totally lose my mind. Now, because this bell is ringing really loud. And I started to feel like the kind of thing where you're up really high and you start to get dizzy and you're just like, forget it, I'm jumping off the building. See, all this time I just thought you were trying to chase after the sparrows out the window. Is that why you go running headfirst into the screen? Because it's not good for the screens, little man. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, a person who is afraid of heights. Doesn't matter. I was in this bell tower. The bells were ringing and I was like flipping out. And I started screaming. I was just like, oh, oh God, oh God. And I was like, oh, help me, oh God, help me. But guess what? Uh, the bell was really loud, so nobody heard me. And listen, just listen, because I want to point out how bad this was, okay? Because you could imagine, right, if there was somebody in hell, okay, and they were punishing them, they might be like, hey, guess what? For your punishment, uh, there's going to be a thing hanging over you, and it's going to always seem like it's going to fall on you, and you're going to be freaking out. And it's like, oh, that's a pretty bad punishment, right? Well, imagine then it was like, it's gonna be super round forever, too. That's worse. So, Scapey, this must have given you some perspective, then, on the your your recent punishment being not nearly as bad as this whole bell thing. No, no, you're right. This was, this was way worse, so really... It's not a big deal. What I did must not have been too bad. So, anyway, like, this went on for, like, 20 minutes, okay? The bells were ringing. And I was trapped right under them. And after, like, 20 minutes, they stopped. And I was like, listen, I was, like, really freaked out. Because it was 20 minutes of bells super loud driving me bonkers. It freaked me out. So I was just, I was just lying there, like, and I, I became completely, I, I became, I, I totally lost all sense of time. And I was like, oh crap. Uh, I know that there's going to be five minutes with no bells. But then after five minutes, it's going to be time for more bells for another five minutes after that. But I, but I can't, I, I don't know how much time is passing. I can't, I don't understand time anymore. 
it's it's gone. So I want to get out of here, but uh I don't know how long it's been. So if I stand up, I could get killed by a bell. And if I if I don't, I'm gonna be here still. There's there's no room at all around the bell, or you could crawl on your belly to get to some sort of door. Like there's nothing. How do you get down from this place? Well, there was a staircase, but you have to get to it. I was on my back, so I started. I, I was sort of like going, okay, let me try to let me try to get out of here. And I was kind of I didn't stand up because I didn't want to die. But I was I was like wriggling. I was like wriggling towards the door, like okay, wiggle, wiggle. But basically, I, I got. I tell you, in my heart of hearts, I was like, I'm screwed. This power's going to go off again. You should have just walked like you uh, did whenever we used to try to put a harness on you, you know? You'd get all flat to the ground and, and, and just sort of slither along like some weird cat snake thing and mostly be really unhappy. No, I'm telling you, if I did, if I was on my belly, the bear would have cracked me. Totally. In what way? How is being on your belly different from being on your back? Listen, it just would. No. It would. Anyway, look, so I was basically resigned to the bear going off again and uh, it did. This is important. And I looked up and I saw it start to move and basically I was like, Oh, God. Because I knew. But once it started ringing, basically, my brain just turned off. I just went, no, no more. And I just lay there, totally stupefied, like, blah, 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 blah. And the bell's going super loud, but I'm just like, whatever. Insensate. Insensate? Wow, scapey. First, we're talking about your maw, and now you're insensate. Have you been reading the dictionary? It, wa- it wasn't my maw. It was the bell maw. Do you know what a maw is? No. Don't worry about it. All right, so you're lying there in sunset. So the bell was ringing, you know, like a bell does. And eventually, like after five minutes, it stopped. And I was just like, okay, whatever. I'm still crazy. Uh, and I reached up and touched the bell. And it was still vibrating. And so I was like, whatever, not touching it. And I just lay there. Just totally lay there. Maybe for a half hour. I don't even know. And uh, I reached up again and touched the bell. And it was not vibrating. And I was like, hmm, okay. And then I was Suddenly I realized, uh, you know, if I just wait here forever, uh, the bear's gonna ring again. So maybe I should move. Sensible, huh? Yeah. So I did. I got up and I got out. And I went downstairs and I went to, I got all the way to the bottom where, the, where you ring the bell. And I just kind of went, okay, that's as far as I can go. And I just kind of sat there and that's where everybody found me. They were like, Scape, are you okay, Scape? And I didn't reply and I didn't move and I didn't talk. I just kind of was like, Bleh. and uh, everybody was like, oh man. And the whole bell club was like, oh no, oh no. Uh, and the guy who left me was like, oh, uh, <laughs> I think I might know what happened and that's how we found out what happened and uh he felt he felt bad because it was kind of his fault really uh but anyway they took me home and they put me in bed and uh i just kind of lay in bed be without saying anything for a long time and then eventually i started really babbling like grabbing about and and then i would talk about the bells bells are really bells and if i heard the bells i would be like oh, i'm gonna kill everybody and i would attack people uh eventually i moved to the country where there's no bells and eventually i got over it but i still don't even like bears at all now, so the end. That's it. The the entire story is about getting stuck under a bell and it's traumatizing, and that's it. And first of all, kind of a pussy. 
But anyway. Yeah, you, if you heard about that loud, you would, you would be upset. Oh, I'm sure I'd be upset, but I don't think I'd go boobity 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 for the rest of my life. 20 minutes, and then another five minutes later. No, I would just go deaf. I would need to learn sign language. No. No, maybe, I mean, yeah, maybe you'd go deaf, but if you didn't, that'd be a wrong time of loud things. Just saying, kind of a pussy. No, no, not at all. Look, I got, I got better, okay, in the story. And first of all, it's only a story, so that wasn't even me, okay? Second of all, uh, he got better, so he made it. He won! He won what? Against the bells! The bells weren't attacking him, they were just ringing, they're just bells. But he survived! He survived a bell. It's like, okay... Somebody was telling me about literature, okay? This is a story about man versus bell. So what's the moral, Gaby? What's the bell moral? The scary moral is don't get trapped in a bell tower because it's really loud in there. You know, that might actually be one of the most useful scary morals that I've heard on this entire show. Like the history of the show. Yeah! Well, Scapey, it's been fun being your guest. I hope you have better luck getting guests in the future. I mean, you know, this this whole bad reputation thing, it can't last forever. I'm sure you'll get people who want to be on your show again eventually. So, you know, hang in there, little guy. No, you you want to be on my show. Of course. Uh, you're you're my little boy, and, and sometimes you're, you're kind of crazy evil guy. But, you know, you're still my little fuzz bunny. You know, but just, uh, I, I mean, you know, everyone else. Right. Well, you know, I mean, just, you know, how how uh, Jordan had to kind of call me in really the last minute and just, you know, really ask me as a favor to come on and be on your no, show. No, 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 that's not, no. Uh, n- no, that's not what happened. Jordan, yes, it is. I, I was just in the other room and you just came in and you told me, Scapey, no one wanted to be on his show. No, that's and- not, no. I, I didn't, I, you must have, I don't think that you heard me. Yeah, wait, no, you didn't. You must have not heard him. Um. Okay. Well, either way, Scapey, good luck getting more guests, I guess. I don't need need work because it's a good show. Everybody knows. Good show. All right, Fuzzy Butt. Here, let me give you a kiss on your nose. Mm. Okay, stop. Okay, uh, next time, there'll be another one of these, but with a different guest. So, yeah. That was what I was referring to, Scapey. That was what I was kind of trying to hint at, that I wouldn't do your show now because you are a jerk. No, Frankie, you would do whatever I... Listen, I know you. You are what we in the business call a publicity whore. Okay. No, I'm not. What are you talking about? That's not. And what business? You're not in any business. The podcasting business. You're not in the podcasting business. Listen, when I was writing the show, I did a lot of podcast expos. Okay, and I was talking to other people who are in charge of podcasts, and they talked about you specifically for a while. What? What are you? No, that's what. Re- that's ridiculous. No, I've actually heard that. I've actually heard that that's true. They, they called me a, a publicity whore. That's ridiculous. That's not true. That's not true. Everyone. I, besides, remember, I didn't even do a spiel. Well, because you said everybody already knows you. No, but, I, but, well, I mean, they should. I've, I've done a lot to try to get attention. But that not in a whorish way. All right, all right, all right. Uh, you know what, guys? It's, it's time for the end of the show. So, uh, now that Scapey's back, we will actually let him do the thing that he, uh, hasn't done in a very long time, which is sing a final song. The question, Scapey, is do you want me to try to play the ukulele along with you? Uh, I don't know. Well, can I try? Mm, maybe this once, okay? Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate that.
the bush in the hall. Flickering stars. People need to know me more because I am famous and I want everybody to know me. And I am the lamest, but I don't know it. I'm totally oblivious. Flickering is a publicity. That's not true. I you did a song and it was all full of lie. So let me just say, everyone, that's not true. I, Frank Allen, would like to officially state that I'm not a publicity whore. And you, are you going to hold a press conference about it? Is that what's happening? No, I'm not. No, I'm just saying. All right. Well, listen. Uh, we do have some mail. Let's let me, let me pull it up here on the computer. Uh, I think we got one piece of mail, which I can read to us. Um, it says, uh, Mr. Allen, so it's to you, Frank. Okay. Mr. Allen, um, Ms. Lynn Nelson's damning accusation brought this podcast to my attention, and I have followed the last two episodes with considerable interest. From your skilled audio engineering interviewing Mr. White to the relentless grilling of Harry Wilson, there is little doubt in my mind that you, sir, are a broadcast talent who would be an excellent match for our organization. Please send a copy of your CV to this address. Phone interview can be can be scheduled early next week. I mean, this is this is really I'm well, this is really cruel. What? No. It, what, what? Tell me more. What does it say? Thank you in advance for your speedy reply. We look forward to working with you, Roger Benson, VP of Programming, Carlisle Media. That's clearly a it's clearly a prank. Someone's playing a prank on you. That, I mean, that's cruel. I gotta delete this. What? So no, just, no, 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 don't do it. No, no. It's look, Frank. It's not real. Clearly, it's not real. What is it? Did you do you have his email address? Don't. No, I deleted it. It's I'm. It's mean. I don't want to dwell on. It, that's not a nice thing to have happen. That it might have been the real guy. How do you know? It was worth a shot. Why would you do that? Why would you just delete it? Because it was, no, I mean, clearly, uh, he said he really liked your interview with Scape and you're talking to Harry Wilson. Obviously, it's not true. Why, what do you mean, obviously, it's not true? It took, I, those were, I did a good job on those. Frank, you know, it probably was a prank. Although, you know, it would have been nice to check out, of course. Yeah, I would, I would have very much liked to check it out. No, guys. Wait, is it still in your, is it still in your deleted? Yeah, it's, oh, God, let me go empty. Empty it, empty it, empty No, no, don't empty it. Wow! Why would you do that? Because, look, I'm telling you, I, this is going to be the easy version where you just are heartbroken right now. It was a, it was a cruel prank. Someone was trying to get your goat. Could I, could I have this goat? No, it's a, an expression. And no, Frank, trust me, you know, you're, you're much better off not having this happen. <sighs> Jordan, I, I can't even believe you would do that. I cannot believe you. Mr. Mr. I don't even remember your name. If you're listening, you can write back again because I I believe you. You're just making yourself look foolish, Frank. No, I'm not looking. Fo- look, I I do want to be in a media. Well, who was it again? It doesn't matter. No, just forget it. Okay. Blah 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 blah. Do 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 do. Please. All right, all right, all right. Um. So that's the end of the show. And thank you all for listening. I hope everybody had a nice time. And now it's time for my uh new re-recording of the most recent waxwork theme. For me to re-record. Wow. Am I talking gibberish? Yeah. Yeah, you are. Okay, well, that's fine. Here we go. Theme P to play you out. Be seeing you. Your verses captured my attention up on my waxwork website. Their beauty goes beyond all mention. So I thought if you're free tonight, perhaps you'd like to go out with me. I promise we'll have a good time I've been perusing your prayer tab 
episode of Cast and Wax. On Epic Echoes, the flashback learns more about this exciting new threat, the Vampiros. They suck blood, drain innocence, time travel, and want to conquer humanity. Drain innocence? I don't make these things up, Thornfield. They prey on what is most pure and unsullied in the human psyche, leaving only despair and depression. Sounds like something you could get behind. Oh, f*** you! And on Tractor Fiction, we experience a live exorcism. Gotta see this. Maria, do you believe that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh? No! Taco-sucking poopy toads! <laughs> Far a wooden buzzard! Those stupid idiots actually believe in demons. Plus some historical tips on garden care. I think the grass is hungry. I've, uh, I've decided to, uh, drop some steak on it. Uh, do you mind? And another scapey story. What, what's going on here? No, I know, I know, I know. But it's all coming our way July 13th to waxwork.com. Another scapey story. I know, I know.